Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Today on the show, we have Andreas Constantino. His company is called Slash Data, and they're a research firm that helps top technology firms understand developers. He's now had this business for 17 years. So Andreas, thank you for being on the show today. Hey, Chad. Great, great to be here. So you were just telling me that you went ahead and hired a CEO to pull yourself out of the business. Can you tell us that transition? Yeah. So, up, well, about three or four years ago, I knew that I didn't find so much interest anymore in the topic that I was working on. Like I was super passionate about software and developers when I started, but I was running out of steam, out of passion. I also felt that as a CEO, I was serving a lot as a manager, but I wasn't getting my hands dirty. I wasn't innovating. I was helping other people do that and as a, as a manager, as a leader, I'm helping others be their best selves, but I don't get involved like, hey, you should be doing it this way. Or what if we could do this innovation? I mean, I, I, I could come up with ideas, but I didn't want to step in and step on their feet. So I, I decided I wanted to hand over the business to someone else so I can start something new where I could get my hands dirty. And that was a long process. I can t talk more about it if you want. Yeah, definitely do. So it started with finding the right person that took about a year until I was convinced our head of sales, Moskula, was the right person. And there were a few months where we were discussing the details and the financial arrangements and so on. And then it took about a year which seems quite a long time, but there were actually a lot of things to put into motion for the handover. And it was all planned by Sarah, our HR manager. Very detailed timeline where we initially involved the leadership team, why that change was taking place, what changes were happening as a result of that, all the way to the new CEO taking over my meetings or being in my one-to-ones and slowly taking those over until... By the end of those 12 months I had, I was practically out. I had no involvement. Uh, there were a lot of things that went wrong. So, for example, initially I struggled to figure out what level of control I want to keep and what I want to hand over. And I was grappling with that question. And then I spoke to another that had done several businesses and, and graduated those. And he said, if you trust your CEO, you should go ahead and like trust her completely and just give her full control, which is what I did. And even having done that, like there were like lots of small things where I had a view, but I had to really push myself and not to speak or not to insist or not to just mention, mention anything. And it was hard letting go. And there were also a few other things I mismanaged on the way. Like there, it was big learning for me. Like there was, it wasn't difficult to, it wasn't easy to get the leadership team or everyone in the leadership team to understand and accept the change. And I could have managed that much better. So there were some difficult moments or quite difficult moments. I don't know if I would have done anything differently now. I probably next time I can do the same thing would be much smoother, but we learn from our mistakes. So what were, what were your key takeaways from going through that and how is it working out? 
So it's working out very well in the sense that I am, I have a weekly call with the CEO where we mostly walk through the issues she's facing and how can I help her understand my perspective, but also validate her approach. And just, it's it's like mentoring of sorts. My role is now helping her be the best CEO she can be, rather than telling her what she needs to do. It wouldn't work, it would never work that way, especially with that CEO with Mosula. And it's not the style I, I want to have. Like, I really believe in leaders enabling others to be their best selves. The learnings are that you really need to have someone from HR or someone who has a completely 360 view of the people side of the business to plan this month by month. What needs to happen by when? Because the sensitivities, there's a lot of sensitivities. Like you are the person that's seen as the helm of the company. You were the visionary as the CEO. Now someone else is taking over. Do they have your trust? So how do you message that they have your trust? How do you get the other members one by one to support and understand the change and buy into the change? How do you plan your handover over several months? Because there's so many parts of the business that the CEO needs to become familiar with, like finances or like how the balances of power in the leadership team or like legal stuff. So, and, and then the, the, the actually getting the, my reports, getting my reports to transition over smoothly to the new CEO. So all that requires very careful planning and it needs to be done by a capable HR person. Did you consider hiring an outside CEO or was it always going to be within? I thankfully didn't have to. That would have been much harder. And the business is still mostly services business. So it isn't a scale up yet. So we're still at the point of finalizing how exactly the product needs to work for it to scale. And so it's not as if like you're bringing someone into a manufacturing plant or something that everything is worked out to great level of detail. There's a lot of complexity, nuance in how we serve customers and how our operations work. So it would have been very hard to hire someone from the outside. Thankfully, I didn't have to. Well, it's good you had somebody within. It's always better. Mm -hmm. I, I personally, that's my opinion as well. So they understand the business. So exactly. I want to dig into the story you're telling me about almost running out of money in 2015. What happened mm -hmm. there and how did you get through it? So we had hired a salesperson and I was very naive back then. Like I was saying, okay, there's someone responsible for sales. I trust them with what they are doing. I didn't have any KPIs to track them. Like I wasn't really looking at what they were actually bringing in. All that happened in retrospect. And so at some point I realized we'd been running with like four or five months with no new sales coming in. And I was starting to get worried because the bank account was emptying. Back then we had something like six months of money in the bank. And at some point I had to let him go. And we said, okay, crisis mode, what do we do? So we were a services company. We were doing a lot of different things for a lot of different folks. I realized we have to 
productize. So me and our head of research at the moment, at that time, we figured out how we can change around the products or the, the services into products. Now that was very hard because we would need to go for a, a year and a half before we were able to fully produce a new a new set of products. We we have been self-funded, completely bootstrapped, so no no outside money. So we had to do this on our own means. And what saved us really was that two of our big customers were already on annual contracts for work that we could continue serving with a new product list. And that really just about saved us. Like we, we, we just didn't hit the rock bottom, but we, we managed to rebound. And the first year and a half was really hard. Just everyone was burned out because we had to like change everything we were doing around the new product set. And eventually it did work. So the last two years have been very profitable. And if we can figure out how to scale the product, which I think we can, then it will be extremely su successful. Did you have to change out the salesperson? Of course. I realized I couldn't just hire, I couldn't just bring a, any salesperson in that I had as a, as a CEO and as a visionary, I had to design all the sales processes, description of what we sell, who's it for, personas, how do you sell it? How do you describe the company? How do you describe the products? The entire funnel, what happens when an order comes in all the way to the invoicing and money in the bank and so on. So I had to do all that, which took many months. And then I had to bring in more junior salespeople who were able to follow my lead. And only after I set the processes, then I hired, I hired one salesperson and then I hired our now CEO, who was our head of sales. And she had sales experience. She then grew the sales team. But I couldn't just at that point that we had like really 10 big customers. They were buying the vision. They weren't buying a product set that was shrink wrapped. And I had to define the entire sales process and then bring in someone who could slow, slowly start selling. And once you got that sales playbook written and that process in place, is that when you really started to scale? No, because the product set required a lot of fine tuning. So we're in the services business. We're not in the, we, we our, our products are selling the thousands, like this price points from a few thousand to almost a hundred K. And so this is a very high touch sales process. And so for that to scale, it needed a lot of trial and error and yeah, we're still learning now. We're learning how to scale the custom part of the offering, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight. So what's your length of the sales cycle from first meeting the lead to actually closing them? Back when we started productizing, it could have been anywhere from six to 18 months. It was really long. I haven't checked the latest numbers. I think it's closer to three to six months now. Well, that's great. I mean, that's. So much it's a much it's a big difference yeah and and the benefit is that we invoice up front so we have the the cash cushion until we produce the goods 
I see figured out that process. I mean, I, I think there's a good point that sales cycles can be six months and a lot of salespeople want to close in two days and that's not realistic. And yeah, it, it just, it just, I mean, it's relationships in, in high touch sales. If you're in the thousands of dollars that, that your products are selling in, I don't think there is any alternative. Like people need to feel comfortable buying from you, need to trust you, and then they will start a serious discussion. So you said you, after you hired the CEO, you kind of move on to the next thing. Have you gotten that business going now? So I've, I've transitioned the business to another CEO and I'm starting now another, it's still a startup. So it's a business which measures culture and the product is not out yet. So I'll, I won't point you to a website, but I'll describe you what it does. So it's a culture health score. So basically it measures the score, the health of your culture with a single number, single score, and helps you identify the top three or five things you need to do to improve your score. And then you can repeat that a few months later and see how the score improves. Very so it's for CEOs who, for example, are losing people and they're not sure why they're losing them. Or people who know that there are issues with their culture, but don't know where to start, what to prioritize, what to fix first. Or for people that are having difficulties executing strategy because culture is, is in the way. And generally anyone who cares about building a culture that people issues aren't the issue and everyone can focus on building and selling and getting, getting cool stuff done. It's definitely something the business world needs. So Andreas, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or to either of your companies, I know the health scorecard is new. How would they do so? They can find me on LinkedIn. We can put it on the show notes. I don't know exactly the, the URL off the top of my head. And I'm also on Facebook. If you follow me on Facebook, I publish my favorite books. So I have like read about two books a month. And also both LinkedIn and Facebook, I publish updates on my podcasts. So one is on culture and the other is in Greek. And it's about brilliant entrepreneurs and the struggles and the the, the human side of entrepreneurs. And also a slash data.co, right? Right. Well, thank you, Andreas. I should have mentioned on. that. We got it in there. Thank you, Andreas, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.